0: Please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We began here, and I want to go back to this verse as a starting point. Verses 1 and 2. Remember the Apostle Paul wrote there, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that you present your bodies, you present do this (laughs) okay he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable or in in actual fact it says spiritual service in other words he's saying you need to present your bodies to the lord as a spiritual service see a lot of times we you know we want to just crucify the flesh (laughs) and then after a while the flesh gets tired of being crucified have you noticed it says, that's it, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know? Okay? Because if you do it from a place of, you know, I'm, I'm crucifying the flesh, which is, you know, wh- how some people preach it, uh, y- your flesh can only take so much, man. I mean, after a while, it just goes, forget this. I don't like religion very much. And that's exactly what it is. It's just religion. See, you are to present your bodies a living sacrifice. He didn't say you have to crucify your body. On the altar. You need to get this before we move on to this next thing. Because if we don't understand that what God wants is us to come to Him and to offer up to Him and say, Lord, I am presenting to you my body as a living sacrifice. And I pray that it is holy and acceptable. Notice, holy. Do you all get that? Okay. It is holy and acceptable to you. And then See, once you do that, you are in a position to go on to verse 2. You are in a position now because your body is disconnecting from the world. Did you get that? It disconnects from the world and then you're no longer conforming to the world. See, the body is the thing that's in the world. Have you all noticed? Who doesn't know that? Okay, no. <laughs> Okay, your body is in the world. The thing is subject to everything in this world. And that's why it gets conformed. Everything about you gets conformed because of what your body, it, it, you know, screams out. We're in the world. And your spirit is going, yes, but we are not of the world. It goes, shut up, I'm in the world. (laughs) I'm having a problem in the world here. Okay, And see, this is where the pull is. And remember, you know you are a three-part being, right? You know you're spiritual and body. Yeah. So your spirit is toward God. Your body is toward the world a lot of times, yeah. which is why you have to offer it up as a living sacrifice. So who is in the middle? Soul. The soul is right in the middle there. Right. He is the deciding factor or she is that deciding factor. That's when you decide whether you want to go the spirit's way or the body's way. Amen. Now some people think that the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. And Not really. You know, you have a mind of the spirit, you have a mind of the flesh, it's called carnal thinking, and then there is a mind of the soul, so to speak. It's, it's not really mentioned, but that is the part of you that wants to do better. That's the part of you that wants to become a doctor or an engineer or whatever else. Do you all understand? The spirit part of you wants to be a king and a priest, and you are kings and priests. Are you all with me? Amen? And so you need to understand where the soul fits into this. See, that's why people that are very soul-oriented, and I don't want to do a teaching on that today, but the people that are very soul oriented are the ones that are very um, uh, career-minded. Can I say it that way? Okay, you know, they they just sacrifice everything on the altar of career, so to speak. And it's sad because you need God, (laughs) you know? Things can go really wrong if you don't have God. Who knows what I'm talking about? I mean, I was in the world a long time. (laughs) No, I'm still in the world. Okay. (laughs) you know, I was in the workforce, uh, uh, you know, in government, okay? And uh, boy, I tell you, you get two very extreme groups of people when you work for something, for an organization like that. You get the people that are extremely committed and the people that are extremely geared toward lunch breaks and and morning tea and and not doing as much as, you know, just like, (laughs) you know what I'm trying to say? And it really, you know, and you can get persecuted for doing the right thing because you make them look bad. They, They get upset with you. And why am I going down this track? Oh, yeah, okay. Because the reason is, the reason is, I'm saying to you that be careful, you know, that's the soul. And so it gets to decide. And if your soul decides that you want to walk the life of a king and a priest, it will offer up the body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. And it won't care what your body is saying. Because at the end of the day, it's good for your body. That's where the healing is, that's where the life is. Amen. How many, of you know, how many of you jump out of bed first thing in the morning and it's cold and you go, I'm going to go for a run because that's good for my body. <laughs> <laughs> Only him. <laughs> Nobody. No. <laughs> Somebody goes, this guy does, this guy does. <laughs> See, he is, he is uh, offering his body up as a living sacrifice. <laughs> All the rest of us, we're still working at it. no but you don't understand that it's not what your body literally necessarily wants to do first thing but it is your soul and your spirit that says we need to do this we need to we this is good for us and it's a body is a funny thing it will complain all the way until you get going and then once you're going you're going this is actually quite good i should do this more often and you say shut up you were complaining all the way before we got here (laughs) and you need to know that about your body as well enough about a living sacrifice let's move on that's this is not what this is about today i need to get through this (laughs) and he says be not conformed to this world remember again and that's what we're doing we are learning how to be transformed by the renewing of our mind do you all get that okay and notice it's a transformation do you know that this word Let me give you some insight here now, because where I want to go next, you need to get this. The word transformed here is the same word it says when Jesus went up on the mountain and he was transformed and his clothes became as white as light. Remember that? And Moses and Elijah were speaking to him. That's what this word means. This word is the same word that is used, listen, listen, this is the same word that is used to describe what happens to a caterpillar when it becomes a butterfly. That's right. This is the same word. It's metamorphosis. It literally, you change from one thing to another. As a caterpillar, the thing can only crawl on the ground. That's right. As a butterfly, it takes flight. As a caterpillar, it comes to the end of something, and it goes, there's no way I'm going to get across from here to there, whether it's water, whether it's a canyon, whatever. But as a butterfly, who cares? We can fly across. Are you all with me? See, the caterpillar has to go through a whole transformation, and then it has to renew its mind. You would know, be silly if you saw a butterfly walking, and it goes to the end and goes, forget it, I'm not. That's how silly it looks when we get to a certain place, and we turn around and walk off. God, go, start flapping. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a bug crawling on the ground anymore. You got wings. Amen. Is that a better thing, Jamie, than the chickens? and the, Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> all right, so he says again, so that's what I, I need you to get this, because what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about, what did I title it? I like my title. I, I don't want to mess up my title. Just give me a second. Let me find my title. Turning knowledge into power. That's what we want to do today. Yeah. We want to turn knowledge into power. Who wants to know that? Okay, all right. So you need to understand what this is talking about when he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, notice he says this, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and remember pleasing or perfect will, oh, excuse me, uh, it's acceptable or pleasing. All right, I like the word pleasing better. And perfect will of God. We all want to walk in the perfect will of God. Amen? I do anyway. All right. So, how do we get to this place? I am not going to go through all the stuff I went through before. Go watch the videos. All right. <laughs> okay. I, want, I need to get onto this today. Otherwise, we're not going to get through it. Man, Easter is coming. I should have finished this by now. All right. So <laughs> we went to Joshua chapter 1. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1, please, and verse 8. Because I'm going to teach you now. How to take all the information that you're getting and literally turn it into power. See, information is in your brain. Power is in your heart. Do you understand? It didn't say, whosoever shall really, really think strongly and, and powerfully in your brain shall move mountains. It didn't say that. It, Jesus said, if you can believe, where do you believe? See, you know things in your head, but you believe things in your heart. Did you get that? Okay. That's why you need a renewal of mind in order to be able to believe from your heart. You can't believe from your heart unless you know something in your head. Now, something very interesting happens as well is that, and listen to me, get this, please. Your heart will get to a place where it can believe beyond your head. That sounds a bit contradictory, but there is something about a place where you start to believe things and your your brain says, that doesn't make any sense, and your heart says, shut up, we're believing. Because Jesus never said, if you can figure it out, then you can have it. Jesus only said, if you believe, all things are possible to him or her that believes. Do you all get this? That's why I keep saying to you, my one job is to get you to the place of believing. Everything I do is to help you to get there. Because, sweetheart, once you get there, it's all yours. That's it. End of story. I can, I can close it and go home. Now, well, I am home. I just walk back into the house. Now, <laughs> okay? All right. So let's go to Joshua chapter 1, and verse 8. Joshua is in a really bad place right now. He's surrounded by all kinds of armies. All right? And this is the same group that failed to go into the promised land so he's you know and he's got to follow moses i mean who follows moses you know the old splitting of the red sea the plagues of it i mean you know i mean this is a big act to follow all of that and we couldn't go into the promised land now joshua's (laughs) joshua's turn <laughs> okay and all you know, all the people see what's really interesting is the children of those people those people that lamented and died in the wilderness the children says to joshua you'll be strong we'll follow you we don't want to die like our parents in the wilderness That's right. hallelujah some days the kids rise up you know yeah. thank you jesus yeah. amen And and so God's now speaking to Joshua, and I want you to notice what he says to him. This is is so important because he is about to give Joshua the secret to power. The secret to success. I actually called this that one time, okay, when I was dealing with this verse. All right, so let's read. I, I need you to hear God speaking to Joshua. I don't want you to read words on the page. Do you all get me? Yeah. Okay. This is Joshua. He's standing there. He's going, I've got all these problems. What do you want me to do? And God says, I will come down. This is what we hope, isn't it? And I will take care of all your problems. You go back in your tent and watch TV. It's <laughs> what he wish he said, but he doesn't say that. I want you to notice, he turns around and he says, this book of the law. This is. He sa- in other words, my word. Okay? He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, he's saying, I don't want you to ever have anything other than this word in your mouth. I don't want you to think about how many uh, you know, people are in this army and how many armies are coming against us, and I don't want you to sit there and go, I don't know how this is going to work, and I don't know how we're ever going to make it. I mean, Moses failed. What oh, makes me think I'm going you know, to succeed? No, no, no. He says, this, this book, this word, shall not depart out of your mouth. He said, now this is what you're going to do. You're going to meditate in it day and night. Do you understand why he says this? It's because obviously the word of God was not in his heart. He tells him, you need to get this on the inside of you before you can go and win this war. Before you can speak to the mountain, you need to have the power on the inside. You don't open your mouth and hope something moves. (laughs) Okay? You do that in battle and you will die? You all hear what I'm saying? See, when you go out to battle, you need to know we're going to win this thing. God is on our side. Let me say it a different way. God is on our side. (laughs) That's better, isn't it? Okay. When I go out there, I'm not alone. Do you get that? See, that's what comes out of your heart. You don't go out there and say, Dear God, I hope you're on my side. You're going to die, dude. You're going to see him today. Today you shall be with the Lord. (laughs) Okay. So I want you to notice, he says, Watch what he says. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. See, a lot of times we don't know what to do. We're saying, God, I don't know what to do next. He says, you're going to get your instructions as you meditate. Did you get that? Okay. See, we're always saying, let me go make a plan. Better not. (laughs) Meditate and let God give you the plan. Like somebody once said, you know, it's better (laughs) instead of you making up a plan and saying, God, can you bless it? Go to God and get the plan. It's already blessed hello <laughs> okay and that's what he's saying this is what exactly what he is telling him to do he said don't let this word depart out of your mouth but notice he says meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein notice not just the parts you like oh this is my favorite scripture verse i'm going to i'm going to just meditate on this oh i don't like that one we won't do that one all see the word all according to all that is written therein. He says, then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have. Notice it wasn't then maybe, just possibly, there's a good chance. is what we think. (laughs) Okay? He says, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Shall and will, the same thing. (laughs) Okay? You all with me? Okay. So, every problem in your life has a solution. Every situation that you're facing right now, God has a word for you. God has direction for you. If you meditate on the problem, the problem will get bigger. If you meditate on the word, the word gets bigger than the problem. No matter how big the problem is, it will get past that at a certain point. It always starts out little. Don't expect the word to be huge when you first start. It will be itty bitty. Everything in God's kingdom works like a seed. You planted, it will grow. Jesus said that. Amen? The only thing that you've got to be concerned about is the, the, the ground that you planted in. Is your heart good ground? Jesus spoke about the four different kinds of ground. In fact, he said, if you don't know this parable, you don't know any of the other parables. You won't be able to figure out any of the others. And he begins to, ta- and I taught this as a series. When he began to talk about the hard ground, where the word of God hits and nothing goes in. Then there's the stony ground, where it's shallow, it goes in a little bit. Then there's the thorny ground, where the word grows in, begins to grow, and the cares of the world begin to choke it out. And then there's the good ground. (laughs) You know which one that one is, right? It grows without any weeds, without nothing. I mean, it grows and it becomes strong, and it becomes the tree that Psalm talks about. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3, I believe. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its time. Amen? Your leaf won't wither and everything you do will prosper. Okay, anyway, that's another thing. All right, getting back to this. (laughs) Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 very quickly. So I want you to notice one thing here because I want to teach you different ways of receiving the word into your heart. I told you I've never dealt with it this way before. So let me just bring it to you in a different light, in a different way. Amen? I, I love this that God's word is limitless. Have you noticed that? I mean, you just keep finding more and more revelation the more you look at it. So one way is for you to meditate and notice the way you meditate in Joshua 1.8 is to mutter it, is to speak under your breath, in a low tone of voice. Okay? To verbalize it under your breath. Alright? And that's what you because you keep hearing it, don't you? You're speaking it out and you're hearing it. You're keeping it going. Hallelujah. And sometimes you need to verbalize things, you know, just to get your mind off things that they it shouldn't be on. Oh, let me teach you that now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are a few people that can multitask really well. But most of us, if your mouth starts talking, your brain will stop to listen to, you know, what it, actually, uh, what it has to say. And your thoughts will get pulled back to whatever you're saying generally speaking (laughs) okay now don't go prove me wrong and go see i can say this and be thinking of something else i know you can (laughs) i didn't say you can't i'm just saying that if your mind is off somewhere it shouldn't be and you need to pull your thoughts back into line that's where you need the word of god that's when you start to say something you know you start to feel like i'm not going to make it and you say and then bible says let the weak say i'm strong and you go that's right i am strong in the name of jesus I'm strong in the Lord and the power. He is I'll get to that scripture today. <laughs> okay, Maybe. All right, let's, let's keep going until we get to it, shall we? All right, so <laughs> this is one of the things that you do. In, in this verse, it tells us that as you speak it, you focus your attention and you bring your attention back. See, Joshua needed this. This is what he needed. Now, we can do this a different way. If you don't have a battle to fight, <laughs> okay, there aren't people going to attack you and come and kill you tomorrow. This is, we can go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, let's go there. I want to read in verses 20 through 22. I would love to read more than that, but that's all the time I have. Okay, this is another another way of meditating God's word. So one way is to speak it. Here's another way. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, that's daughter as well, okay? Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Notice he says verse 21. So notice one thing you do is incline your ear to his sayings, all right? Let them not depart from your eyes. What does that tell you? You can read the word, okay? Keep them in the midst of your heart. This is how you take the word of God in. You listen to it, you read it. And guess what? It finds its way into your heart. That's how things find their way into your heart. It's not going to get into your heart unless they go through your eyes or your ears. You know, okay, if you're blind and using Braille, okay, that. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? Somehow physically it needs to get in. You need to put input that word. So these are two ways that you can do it. Read it, listen to it. Amen? Okay. And then notice verse 22. It says, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. This is where your healing is. Notice it not only brings life, but it brings healing as well. To all of your flesh. People have got healed just on this verse. Because they've been meditating on the word of God. And something happens, you know. Hebrews tells us that the word of God is full of life. This is not a magazine. Okay, or a really well-written book. This is God's word. And the difference is, the magazine has nothing but the people that wrote it backing it up. And they're somewhere in wherever they wrote it. This one <laughs> has God backing it up, and he's always with you, never leaves you, never forsakes you. You open your mouth, you speak his word, and he will confirm it with signs following. Do you get the difference? That's the difference between this thing, meditating on this, and looking at you know some, some magazine and meditating on that. There's nobody there to back that stuff up. Not right with you. But this, wherever, he, you know, God is omnipresent. Oh, yes, brother, I like it in Christmas because he brings in lots of presents. No, wrong presents, wrong presents. Okay, I mean, he's present everywhere. (laughs) Do you understand? And he's there. I mean, you say his word and you don't have to, you know, it's not like God goes, oh, did somebody say something? I think somewhere in that corner of the world somebody said something. That's not how it is. He's right there watching over his word to perform it. Amen. I need you to get a revelation here. God isn't in heaven only god is right there with you he's in you whenever you speak something relating to his word something comes alive and that's him on the inside of you and he will manifest himself to you as you begin to speak out his word because he will back it up he'll go yes i said that have you noticed you know when jesus said therefore i say unto you He's saying, I'm telling you this. And when you're reading it, 2,000 years later, he's still saying it. He's still standing right there and say, if you read it and you see him, that's exactly what's happening. He's standing there. I don't know how many times this has happened to me. I mean, this is, what, this is what meditating God's word does. You see him and he points to you and he says, I say unto you that if you say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, the thing will go. And you go. Okay, let's go find some mountains. You know, the bank account is a bit empty. Health isn't so good. Cat looks a bit weird. (laughs) Hey, man, I pray over my cats. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The prices they charge, no way. Anyway, back to this, back to this. All right, This. so so we've seen three things now. We have seen that you can speak the word under your breath to meditate it, okay, because you need to get this in your heart, family. Without it in your heart, nothing's going to work. You really need to get this. Please get this. See, a lot of times people think just read. You know how, you know, when you first uh, get saved, people say, well, read the word, read the word. And you just read book after book after book. And you go, well, this is nothing nothing for me. I mean, numbers put me to sleep. That's good. (laughs) You know, but that's about it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's nothing. Don't speed read the Bible. Please don't do that. Find something and don't say, well, don't have this boast. I've read the Bible six times. Who cares? Do you know anything? No, seriously, does your life show it? Right. People can quote all sorts of things, and it's not in their heart. Right. It's not real. That's why whenever they preach it even, it's just dead. Because they don't all believe it. It's just up here somewhere. They went to seminary or cemetery or whatever, college, and, you know, they got a whole lot of stuff put in their head, and they come out, and they, and they teach it out of that, and it's just like, who cares? There's no faith there. Do you understand? Only faith can engender faith. Amen. So, back to this. I, I taught this to some, had this minister. We went to dinner somewhere. I don't know where it was. Somebody's friends, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're sitting at the table. I started talking to this guy. He said he had just graduated from seminary after four years or whatever. I mean, it's a long time. And he said, I have never heard anything that you have said. What you have said has just changed my life. He said, I don't know what I was doing. The four <laughs> I said, I don't know what you were doing four years ago." Anyway, but <laughs> yeah, oh be careful, man. You know, just because they're religious, that's exactly what they are. Anyway, all right, back to this. So three things. Speak it, read it, hear it. Okay, number four. First Timothy chapter four. Let's go have a look at that. First Timothy chapter four. This is how you turn knowledge into power. First Timothy chapter four and verse 15. The apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy, says this. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Don't hold back. Don't ever try anything. <laughs> you know? I always remember the karate kid, you know. It's just like, you know, <laughs> sorry about this example. But he's you know, when you go in a ring, man, you're going to fight somebody. They're about to take your head off. You better not be trying anything. You better go in there to win or else. And, he, you know, he said, he said either do or don't. He said, there's no try. He said, if you try like a grape on the, on the road, you get squished. Boy, I always remember that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I said, I don't want to be a grape on the road squished. <laughs> Thank you. No. Okay, listen. You have to give yourself entirely to this. sea. it's with the whole heart that you worship God. It's with the whole heart that you commit to this. If you believe, you have to totally believe. Are you all with me? You can't half believe. Okay, so he says again, meditate on these things. Now, the word meditate here is a different word. This word means to revolve it in your mind. So you may say, I'm not a really person. I'm not a person that really you know, listens to a lot of things. Neither am I a person that likes to talk to myself too much. You know, people think I'm weird. Okay, maybe this one is for you. You can take a thought, put it in your mind, and revolve it. Like, put it in there and think about it. You know, let's say greater is that's in me, okay? That was my mom's favorite scripture, dad's sitting here, okay? Uh, you know, she would, memor- she would meditate I gave her that scripture once, because she, w- <laughs> she was in her workplace, they were sabotaging everything, they were doing everything to just discredit her, and everything else, and I sat her one, one, down one day, and I taught her this word, and she got a hold of this one. She began to realize that, whoo, God's on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me. This is 1 John 4.4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world trying to discredit me. But the way she read it. That's not what it says in the verse. Okay, (laughs) all right? And so she started to pray, and God would show her things about what they were doing. And I mean, she just, at the end, they got rid of all of them. She didn't leave. And then she got lots of money. Dad was happy he got a new car. Okay, <laughs> you know? And, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, she came out really well because the company thanked her for what she did. She exposed all kinds of things that were going on in there. It was a big company. It's a British company called Boots. You know, they make strep seals and stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, that stuff. Oh, yeah, they, they gave her a big send off. Anyway, but, you know, th- listen to me let's get back to this okay this is how you see you can revolve that you can say greater is he that's in me and you don't have to say it under your breath if you're a person that thinks more than speaks then use this verse meditate on it think about it revolve it in your mind you know greater is he you're thinking about it greater is he greater is he greater is who greater is god okay who is in me where is he he's actually on the inside of me than he that's in the world, that's everything that's coming against me. I've got something greater inside of me than everything that's coming against me on the outside of me. Woo! I'm in a good place. It means I can go anywhere and he's still in there. I don't have to to say, Jesus, can you please get on the bus with me? You get on the bus, he's there because he's in you. He's never leaving you. He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Are you getting this? Amen? So that's how you start to meditate the word. So this is a fourth way. All right? You can either mutter it under your voice, You listen to it, you read it, or you revolve it in your mind, or all four. Amen. Hey, man, if it takes all four, do all four. Hallelujah. One way or the other. Get it from your head to your heart. Amen? All right. (coughs) As you do, I want to take you somewhere else now. You ready to move? How much time do I have left? I didn't see the last one. Okay, we're going to do another week. All right. (laughs) I am sorry. I am doing my best to get there, okay? I'm sorry about this. Okay. As you do, let me read this. As you do meditate and focus your thoughts on God and His Word, because that's really what you should be doing. You should be focusing your thoughts on God and His Word. Can you not, you know, make sure that you don't um, meditate on the Word of God uh, um, apart from God. Remember, it is He who is going to help you with everything. So when you meditate on this word, you need to know that the person behind the word. You need to know that God is going to see this one through. That as you meditate on it, as you believe in it, as you stand on it, you are not just standing on a word, you are standing on the word of a person. You are standing on the word of God. And God himself will say, I will make sure that this thing comes to pass. You will not be ashamed. But you've got to do it with all your heart. You have to give yourself wholly to it. Get it? Okay, no half-heartedness. All right, so uh, let me reread this. As you do meditate and focus your thoughts on God and His Word, what's happening is that you are actually being still on the inside and not only acknowledging that He is God and the God of your life, can I add? This is Psalm 4610, by the way. But automatically waiting on Him. And that's when the miraculous begins to take place. You begin to wait on God and something happens. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. As you wait on God, something happens on the inside. You begin to rise up on the inside. You know, you might have gone in there all battered and beaten down and everything is, you know, just on top of you. And as you begin to meditate, something happens. You get bigger and bigger on the inside. You get stronger and more powerful on the inside. And something in you rises up. Listen, if it's not happening, then you're not meditating still. You're still going in your prayer room and worrying about all your problems. Stop doing that. I've told you ways now to get your mind off your problems. Do you all hear what I said? Because sometimes you get into that quiet place and all you can do is think about your problems. That's not what it's there for. (laughs) Okay. Don't let the devil get involved in your prayer time. Please don't let him get involved. Okay. All right. So (laughs) the card went up again. Okay. All right. I get it. Move on. All right. So you begin to rise up on the inside and begin to overcome every obstacle in your life. That's what Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 brings out. It says, but those who wait on the Lord. Now I've showed you how to wait on the Lord. See, nobody ever told me how to wait on the Lord. I, and the first time I waited on the Lord, I just sat there and waited. And I waited. And I waited. And I, nothing happened. I said, well, this is boring. I mean, this is absolutely useless. I just, see, I didn't wait on the Lord, I just waited. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay. Well, what, what do you do? You say, wait on the Lord. Okay. When is he coming? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've shown you how to wait on the Lord. You meditate on his word. You focus your attention on him. Are you getting this? Now, Those who wait on the Lord, watch this, shall renew their strength. The first thing you get is strength. And what happens when you get strength? Well, the rest of the verse tells you, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. That's the reason why I was giving you the eagle illustration. Watch this. You will mount up on wings as eagles. You know, on the inside of you, you need to rise up and you need to be flying in the atmosphere, man. I mean, you should be up there so high that there's no storm in life that can ever bring you down. Because you're so high, you're flying over the storm. Hallelujah. So watch this. It says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want you to get this now. He's saying whatever activity you're involved in, whatever you're doing, you are not going to get to the end and go, I'm just so tired, and I don't know how much more I can do of this. And None of that stuff will be coming out of your mouth. You'll be so energetic and so just bubbly. We're like, where's the off switch at? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Some of us are looking for the on switch. Some people never find it. Anyways, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That's what allows us to say with the Apostle Paul. I'm out of time. We'll have to leave it here and come back to this. Okay, we're in a good place here. All right, with the Apostle Paul. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. See, this is a verse that you need to meditate on. In all these things, he talks about death and all the tribulations and trials and everything that he's been going through. And he says, in all of these things, we, he didn't say I. (laughs) Did you get that? He said, we are more than conquerors. Wow. You know, it's good enough if he said we are conquerors. But he said, we are more than that. We are more than conquerors. Do you know what more than a conqueror is? And they shall have dominion over everything. See, when one p- team plays another team, that's what we read in Genesis 1.26. That's how we were designed and created, okay, in one twenty eight, When one plays another team, you know, if they, if they sort of, you know, win sort of say, you know, say 10 to, f- you know, 10 to 5 or something, you say, oh, they conquered them. But geez, when they win 30 to nothing, they dominated them. <laughs> Do you all know the difference? I mean, you know, when it's dominated, you're more than a conqueror. I mean, they just wipe the floor with this other side. Yeah. That's what you are. See, this isn't an equal battle. This isn't a, let's see, if we win and maybe the devil wins and, oh, the score is now three to one. <laughs> it's not like that. You are to win every single battle. You are to dominate. You are to be in a position where you are more than a conqueror. You need to get this revelation. Please get this. This is what we're doing here. This is what kingdom dominion is all about. Amen? That's, what, that's what's available to all of us who are a part of God's family, who have trusted in Christ, and even the Apostle John says, and we'll finish with this verse and we'll come back to here and pick up here. Is that okay? In 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, he says, "Whatsoever." I will get back to this because this is really important. He says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? 1 John 5, 4. Are you born of God? The answer is yes. I I, I used to do that with my... Whenever I used to give quizzes, and they still love me as the Bible College teacher, I used to go teach in Bible College, and you know, I still do uh, now here. But <laughs> you know, I still, I used to always say, "Is it A, blah blah blah, or is it B?" Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! And they go, "Oh, it's B." Okay, <laughs> my students used to score really good. I got presents and gifts and all sorts of things at the end. It worked really well for me. I just never want anybody to fail. I mean, if they came all that time for the class, man, I mean, give us a break. Just Listen, I've learned the difference between somebody who has the, the brains to remember things and the heart to do it. Sometimes the people that don't do so well in the exam do well in life. Joe, yeah. you all hear me? So I never want to penalize somebody just because they don't have, you know, the kind of brain that you need to be an academic. I want to see how you do in life. That's, right. That's where it counts. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> He says again, first John 5 4, he says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, or oh, our faith. That's what that's a victory. And then he says in verse 5, who is he or she that overcomes the world, but he or she that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You guys have already done that. So we're gonna come back here and pick it up here. Is that all right? Okay, and we're gonna talk about being more than conquerors now and what belongs to you. Oh, everything belongs to you. Hallelujah. All right, I'm out of time. All right, let's have every head bowed every head closed. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the revelation, and the insight that we're receiving. And we thank you, Lord, that we are not going to be half-hearted in how we carry out this word.